Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. And welcome to episode 273 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode of September 2019, and a very special panel recording from Rose City Comic Con, Portland's homegrown pop culture experience, and man, what an incredible show that has turned into. I will be back with my co-hosts, Jeff, Rachel, and Gretchen, to talk about the experience at Rose City Comic Con this year after the panel, so stick around for that. Until then, I will leave you with Welcome to Monarch by Bear McCreary from the Godzilla King of the Monsters soundtrack, pretty apt for our Monarch Sciences declassified panel audio from Rose City Comic Con. Afternoon, everybody. Are you are here for the uh, panel on giant monsters? I assume. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Welcome everybody to uh, a panel that hopefully you're very interested in hearing what we have to say about this subject. My name is Dr. Kyle Yount, part of Monarch Sciences Division. Uh, I'll be introducing my cohorts in just a second. Due to the events of earlier this spring, which I'm sure you're all aware, we have been uh, mandated by the government to declassify all of our information on these titans. And so what we'll be doing today is presenting these in this publicly accessible forum so that everybody can be understanding, be aware, and know what to do when they encounter a giant monster. First up, I'll introduce my <laughs> sci fellow scientist, Dr. Jeff Dean, who works at Outpost 61. 
He wasn't ready for picture day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Outpost 32's Gretchen Brooks. Woo! Birthday girl, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday, Gretchen. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Rachel Cook on the end there. Works at 56, Outpost 56. And uh, my name, Dr. Yount. I work at Castle Bravo, Outpost Woo! 56. Yeah. The professor. <laughs> so we're going to just have a really quick brief re recap of what happened this spring. Dr. Emma Russell, unfortunately, uh, got caught up in some kind of crazy cult. And it's decided, not a cult. Okay, if you say so. Decided <laughs> that uh, she, along with this eco-terrorist, Alan Jonah, would release all of the titans that had been stored uh, and protected and you know, basically contained within the monarch outposts. Uh, they used a device called an orca, which creates a bio-acoustic sound that these monsters respond to. Uh, they first woke up Mothra. <laughs> then they went to Antarctica and released King Ghidra, or Monster Zero, as we've called him. In Antarctica, Godzilla woke up and came to fight King Ghidra. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we lost Dr. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. We lost Dr. <laughs> Vivian Graham uh, in that mm. battle, unfortunately. She'd been a huge proponent of the monster sciences at Monarch. Uh, after the Antarctica battle, Dr. Emma Russell and uh, Alan Jonah released Outpost 56's Titan, Rodan. Yes. Rodan and King Ghidra battled, after which King Ghidra asserted his dominance over Subjugated. all of the titans. <laughs> Subjugated. Essentially releasing all of these titans into our world, uh, creating widespread panic, etc. And so that sort of brings us to where we are today. And today we will be speaking about our bases and their respective monsters uh, that will start off, of course, with Outpost 61, which we turn to Mr. or Dr. Jeff Dean. Yeah, thank you everybody for coming this afternoon. Um, yeah, I started at Outpost 61 some 25, 26 years ago. Started as a janitor, worked my way up to scientist, <laughs> which proves a little hard work, kids. You can go places in life. Yeah, so Outpost 61 um, was our containment research site located near the Temple of the Moth in uh, the Unith rainforest of China. Um, and there we contained what we called Titanus Mosura. And based on our research, cave drawings and things like that, we had surmised that she is basically kind of the queen of the monsters, protector of the earth, sort of like a living representation of Mother Nature. Now, we know this creature to have two basic stages of life. It starts with an egg. However, we have no idea or yet to see any evidence where the egg originates from. So that is something that we are still pursuing that information. 
But we have this large egg, and from the egg hatches a larva, very large larva, caterpillar in nature. And um, basically, for an undetermined amount of time, this larva will kind of slither away its round, trying to find a place to cocoon itself. And when it does cocoon itself, it will metamorphosize for a short period of time. And after that, um, you will have a birth. And as we witnessed this last spring under a waterfall in the rainforest of China, what we call Mothra was born. Woo! Yeah. Mothra fans <laughs> in the house, I see. All right. Or at least at the table tonight. Um, and basically, when Mothra, as we saw this past spring, she has six legs, wingspan of incredible length, colors orange, blue, yellow, and black. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And I have six kids. And those <laughs> pale in comparison to what I saw here. <laughs> And what we've also determined is Mothra has a number of powers or abilities, which we are still trying to gather information on. Some of those are supersonic flight, up to five mocks in speed, incredible. Um, antenna beams, stingers, reflecting scales have been reported as well. Um, but the biggest asset, which we have yet to totally understand, is the power of immortality, in a way. Because she has the power to transform her life force into other beings, which we witnessed this last spring. Incredible. But after the events of this past spring, I did some in-depth research into what it is, who is Mothra? Look back into the past, what are the, some of the other sightings we had seen? And it all starts, well, the first recorded historical document is from 1961 in Japan. And Japan seems to be a hotbed for kaiju action. <laughs> Very true. And Very true. I, I think it has something to do with the Earth's core because the way it, sh well, we'll get into that. At a, that that's for another panel. <laughs> Don't have time today to really divulge into that man. information. Uh, but um, yeah, the first recorded incident, 1961, um, on Infant Island, which I've yet to visit because it's really very, very hard to locate. But I'm hoping one day to uh, take the family there and have a fantastic time. Um, in 1961, uh, there's recorded recordings of Mothra and the Shobajin, which are tiny priestesses that speak for Mothra. Um, they're very, very hard to locate and very hard. To, you tried to get interviews with them. No, their agent said, forget it. <laughs> um, Mothra's next appearance was in 1964. And this is when she had a violent conflict with what we believe to be Godzilla. 
records show that she was destroyed by Godzilla. But two larvae hatched from an egg and helped drive Godzilla from Japan. And this kind of begins a kind of on-again, off-again relationship with Godzilla. <laughs> they almost have like a kind of a schoolyard crush or something against each other because one day they like each other, the next day they don't. And that kind of what we've determined has gone on throughout most of history. Um, in 1964, again, there's another recordings of Mothra and Godzilla, and they actually teamed up together to help defeat a three-headed golden dragon, which we believe to be Ghidra. So this was the first like, appearance of the symbiotic relationship between Mothra and Godzilla, right? Yes. All right. Yes, but then um, two years later, uh, there was a giant sea monster wrecking havoc, and uh, Godzilla, again, had the outs for Mothra, wanted to fight. Mothra was not really into it. She kind of brushed him aside, said she's got other business to attend to. Um, but, and then that was really the last time we saw Mothra until the 1990s, when we came across um, Godzilla and Mothra in 1992. And it's mainly the first time that we saw a creature that we could describe as the anti-Mothra or the Dark Mothra, which um, according to a report was called Batra. That's the first and only time we've seen that creature in existence. Um, the 1990s had many reports of heavy Mothra activity. Um, a major conflict occurred about a reported monster from space called Grand King Ghidra, which wrecked havoc upon uh, Asia. Um, an interesting report of a battle that concerned Mothra joining forces with a golden three-headed dragon that we know to be Ghidra to defeat Godzilla happened in the year 2001, which um, I don't know if that's fake news or not because Godzilla teaming up, or Mothra teaming up with uh, what reportedly seems to be Ghidra seems to be incredibly unlikely. Um, there were a few Mothra sightings in the early 2000s, but uh, things have been fairly dormant since then until at least this last spring. And that's basically all the findings that we have as of right now on Mothra. Thank you, Dr. Dean. Thank you very much. Thank you, doctor. We'll go ahead and move along to Dr. Brooks, who will right. be speaking about... Outpost 32. Antarctica. It's cold. Seriously. Seriously, the deepest cold you have never, ever experienced. King Ghidorah's origins are unknown. We can confirm his, his existence, he's extraterrestrial, and that his comet crashed in 1964, and that this was his first arrival to the, this was not his first arrival to the planet. Uh, based on ancient findings and like cave art and sculptures and whatnot, we found out that he's arrived several times. We don't know if this is um, incarnation or if this is just his cycle of life. We can only assume that he's fought Godzilla in the past due to him being frozen in Antarctica. Other sightings show that Ghidra has 
has always been influenced by other alien races. So we have to accept that there is life out there because he's being controlled. And there may have even been a point um, where, and this is kind of where things get odd, they say there, there was these creatures that in 1999 were called the Dorats and that they were mutated and that this is a possible origin for Ghidorah as well. So as, our, as a whole, we don't really know exactly anything other than he's from outer space. I think, there, yeah, there's your slide to show that uh, <laughs> historical <laughs> documentation. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. Now, that, that theory of Ghidra being created from small creatures, that's, that's a little suspect, isn't it? It's a little timey-wimey. Let's little, be real. Yeah, so, I mean, if you believe in time travel, If you go can ahead. accept aliens, then you can accept time travel. I guess. Oh, wait, 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 1998. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so in this series, or this idea that we see the grand King Ghidorah, there was a, this was this idea that he was a guardian spirit. Correct? Mm. Oh, my apologies. That's 2001. This one. That's that sighting, the guardian beast, is that he was a, a spirit of helping the earth, and it's uncertain as to whether or not this is a, we haven't found a lot of information about this. It's all very wishy-washy, religious-y kind of thing coming out of Japan, too. This whole guardian spirits that are supposed to protect the world, or I guess more importantly, Japan, from, as Jeff mentioned earlier, the Godzilla of 2001. <laughs> and then in 2019, when we awoke him, or Dr. Emma Wilkin. And his current status? Is we think he might be deceased. I mean, basically, we saw very clearly through, you know, news footage, Godzilla straight up ate King Ghidra. <laughs> sure. I think he's gone for now, at there least. There are things that exist, and he comes, keeps coming back. He is the king of the void, and he is one who is many. All right, thank you, Dr. Brooks. Yes, yes. We will go ahead, uh, go ahead and move along with Outpost 56 and Dr. Cook. Yes, welcome everybody. Uh, the greatest outpost out of all of them, I would say, <laughs> is where Rodan shows up. Rodan is a giant pterodon-type creature. We've seen pterodons over the years for the past 200 million years. And then he shows up in 1956. There's two of them. We've got potentially a male and female, we believe, that have been awakened by nuclear radiation. That nuclear radiation, you guys, it doesn't do good things. It just, it doesn't. We've, we've seen so many times, time and again, how many monsters have come up from nuclear radiation. I don't think it's a good thing. Um, in Japan, first of all, is where we see this monster. It keeps coming up again, Japan. I don't know what it is, them and kaiju. But we see in the most active volcano area in Kyushu, uh, 
where they have Mount Aso, we see, we see Rodan emerge from a volcano area. And we believe, I don't know if he's 200 million years old or if he's a new incarnation, but Rodan is a beast of evil. And he is flying around causing so much destruction. We don't know what the heck he is. Everybody's reporting UFOs. We don't know what's going on. Um, and we discover that the guy, he's, he's eating giant bugs. He's just hanging out. Just, it's his thing to just destroy stuff. Um, he has a buddy show up. We don't know. Love interest, maybe. We're not sure. Um, we try to kill him. We trigger a volcano to try to kill him, but who knew he's a romantic? And he is madly in love with his buddy. He, they both are just crazy about each other. One of them, and we get him into the lava by shooting him down, and the other one sacrifices himself and joins the first Rodan in the lava most romantic thing I've seen. It's amazing. I just, it's Romeo and Juliet of the crustacean era. Um, so beautiful. This, these Rodans are just incredible. And I just am so blown away. The, and you think they're gone. You think, oh my gosh, these beautiful creatures are gone forever. We'll never see them again. No, 1964, Ghidra shows up. We're really scared. Boom. Another Rodan, the Pterodons, the beautiful creatures, shows up and he is going to team up with Mothra and Godzilla to fight this Ghidra creature, this outer space freak, three-headed golden dragon. What the heck is he? We got to fight him. He is so, one who has many. We were a little confused about which side we're on at first. We fight, try to fight Godzilla. We don't know what's going on. We feel like we just have to fight any monster in our view. But, you know, then it's like, oh, no, Ghidra's the enemy. We got to kill this guy. He's trying to take over the world. So Rodan, he, he ends up teaming on the right side with Godzilla and Mothra. He tries to take down Ghidra. And you'll see over the years... He tries it a few times. And Ghidra, for some freakish reason, keeps coming back. Rodan also has a little... There's a lot of them. There's a lot of Rodans. There's pterodons all over the place. Coolest monster, in my opinion. Look at that guy. Um, but he, you know, just... He, he's always trying to figure out what side he's on. He's, he's sometimes fighting Godzilla, gets confused. Sometimes he <laughs> goes, comes back and goes, no, we're friends, we're buddies, we're going to fight. Um, he goes under some mind control in 1968, the Planet of X fiasco. Oh, my gosh, you guys. These zillions are trying to mind control everybody, trying to take over the world with King Ghidra. We don't know what's going on. And Rodan's part of it. He's just like, I guess, you know, I'm under mind control too. And he shows up in Moscow. Gorsoar shows up. We've got Mothra and Manda, all kinds of monsters in 1968 that just, there's some Kelax that show up. All these aliens are after us. I don't know what's going on, but 
Rodan's always involved. He's always involved. He wants to fight. He doesn't know who to fight, but he shows up. And sometimes he, you know, starts fighting everybody, and then he teams up. Then he goes, you know, oh, Godzilla's my friend. I get it. Okay. So, so then, you know, he shows up again in 1993. Um, this time, there's an egg, and everybody, this, my buddy, this other scientist, he's excited. He's like, oh, this is a Rodan egg for sure. Definitely a Rodan egg. I'm getting excited about baby Rodan. This is going to be great. Boom. No, baby Godzilla. It's baby Godzilla. <laughs> I, he totally got it wrong. It was baby Godzilla, which is awesome. We love baby Godzilla, but it was not Rodan. And baby Godzilla shows up, but he figures out. Rodan's friend and he calls Rodan to help him to fight Mechagodzilla and it's it's just it's craziness Rodan is one of those creatures that just he'll fight a good fight he's got the crazy like clap on clap off thunderclap it's like he understands that you know I can destroy whatever I need to if I just do a little clap and he, he's a good guy um, he doesn't doesn't take much. You know, uh, Dr. Cook, I would actually like to point out that here in 1993, specifically with this iteration of Rodan from these eyewitness accounts, this is another instance where we see a symbiotic relationship between Godzilla, who was fighting, in, uh, as reports confirm, he was they were battling, but later on, when Mechagodzilla comes into the picture, apparently Rodan and Godzilla form some sort of symbiotic relationship, and when Rodan is toasted by uh, the robot, he sacrifices himself much like Mothra does or did earlier this spring. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a romantic at heart. I mean, he's just, he's going to help his buddies once he figures out who they are. And yeah, as soon as Godzilla looks like he's down, Rodan comes in. He's like, you know what? I got you, buddy. Here's my energy. I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to light myself on fire and you can have it. And it's amazing. He turns in, you know, he gives him all his energy. Godzilla then can take out Mechagodzilla. It's pretty awesome. And although, got to point out, Rodan does do a quick little, hey, buddy, you know, I'm the enemy here, pokes out Mechagodzilla's eye. Got to love that. I mean, he just, he's like, you know what, screw you, buddy. I poke out his eye, then he gets him. Then, you know, Mechagodzilla's pretty powerful, so he blasts him with some giant laser beam thing or something like that. It's like something through him. But, you know, Rodan's like, you know what, I got a little bit left. I'm going to give it to Godzilla because Godzilla's the king. So it's, he's a good guy. Uh, we're, we're a big fan of Rodan over here at uh, Outpost in Mexico. Um, it's been a good spot, and uh, he's, he's, he's been, been doing good things for us, even though sometimes it's a little confusing. It's a little bit confusing. Yeah, he does show up in New York again. I would say 2004, we saw him last, before this last spring. He shows up in New York again fighting with the rest of them. I mean, this guy keeps showing up because he's committed. And, yeah, we, we, really, we really appreciate our Rodan. I mean, he's not number one. He's not Godzilla, but he, he's, he's probably number two. No offense, you guys. I mean, he's... Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious at the end of that giant battle in Boston, and it's very obvious to me that Rodan is still alive. Yeah. Definitely subservient to the king of monsters. He's always living in a volcano somewhere. I am just saying. He's just probably somewhere right now in a volcano. I mean, we've got Mount Hood over here, or Mount St. Helens. I'm a recent Oregonian transplant, so correct me if I'm wrong which one's the volcano, but he, he's over here, I bet. Yeah. Hopefully Monarch has uh, updated that information I hope on their so. website yeah. where you can find where all these creatures are currently I located. need some more current documents, I think, but yeah. 
Uh, so that actually leaves me. Thank, thank you, Dr. Cook. It's time for me to talk about my outpost. Outpost 54, Castle Bravo, located in Bermuda. And uh, happily, we are tracking Godzilla, using Godzilla, and learning from Godzilla in his natural habitat. Uh, honestly, Castle, Castle Bravo is such an amazing place to work at. If you guys are checking out the for hire activities on Monarch's website, definitely let them know that you're interested in working at Castle Bravo. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about Godzilla in his natural environment, but at the same time, there's been so many reports of this monster. Uh, I'll just briefly recap what we know about the actual creature. He was awakened in uh, 1954 by our nuclear testing. And uh, essentially woke up to stop other titans, MUTOs as we've labeled them, from reproducing in San Francisco. Nobody wants that, and neither did Godzilla. So uh, he defeated them, and then he sort of disappeared. And the public response from Monarch was that we did not know where he was, but that's when we built Castle Bravo. That's when we started really working on tracking him. And then uh, it, earlier this year, there was a situation where he found another Muto. Godzilla found another Muto, and they battled. That was literally right before we uh, had this huge, huge battle to talk about, that we, uh, huge battle to happen that we talked about earlier. And then that battle ends, and Godzilla seems to have become the king of the monsters. All of the other monsters bowed to him at the end of that uh, battle, which was very interesting. I did not realize that Titans would like literally bow in submission to the alpha predator. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, that's just like wolf packs. Just like wolf packs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, bow. we also yeah. discovered that when Godzilla goes away, when he leaves from one of these adventures, he now has a home in the hollow earth. Beautiful home. Uh, which we destroyed. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, because we destroyed it, we actually did that to resurrect him. He was in pretty bad shape. It was a, it was a long shot, but we did it. Uh, Godzilla has had other symbiotic relationships. Part of the findings that we have had, uh, that we have learned in the past, is that not only has he uh, formed relationships with Mothra and Rodan, there have been other titans like Angulus, who in some, some stories that we've heard, some eyewitnesses' accounts, uh, they will say that these two monsters will team up and fight another monster instead of battling themselves. Godzilla was dosed with a lot of radiation when we resurrected him, unfortunately, and so he couldn't contain all that radiation. Uh, and Dr. Stanton basically thinks that what happened is Godzilla's body was about to explode, but when Mothra sacrificed herself for Godzilla, it sort of transformed the energy, and he was able to retain that energy and utilize it against his foe, King Ghidra. There's so much out there, so many 
eyewitness accounts that Monarch generally does not take it into consideration. There's an entire history dating back to 1954. His exploits are legendary. Uh, sometimes he's a villain. Sometimes he's a hero. I think it really depends, I think, I mean, some of these other scientists up here may believe the same or not, that Godzilla is not a hero to humanity so much as a hero to the Earth. Mm. And so with all of these documented cases, with all of these you know, anomalies in behavior, I honestly believe that we're looking at multiple species of Godzilla, multiple Godzillas throughout the world. Oh, we're good on time. <laughs> we're really good on time. So one of the other things uh, that I should just tell you guys, unfortunately, the, the internet service here at this convention is not good enough. I can't get a great connection to the Monarch servers, so some of this information is just text. Most of this information is just text. But uh, I thought it would be kind of interesting to tell you guys the names of all of the titans all around the world. Because, you know, if you're traveling to Rio de Janeiro, you should know what to expect. <laughs> Outpost 33 is where Kong is living. Yeah. Outpost 49, a very Loch Ness monster-looking creature called Leviathan has been contained, was contained in, <laughs> in 49. 53, Tiamat, lives in Georgia. The what? southern boy, Isn't apparently. From Kaiju Dungeons in Georgia? Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. In Stone Mountain. Oh. Sedona, Arizona, is where we saw Scylla. That's sort of a spidery-looking monster. They would have giant spiders in Sedona, a place so beautiful. <laughs> Arizona, darn it. Quetzalcoatl, uh, which is a... I, I, if you are familiar with any of these names, you'll know that these are ancient legends, legendary beasts, legendary demons, legendary monsters, and that's why the titans that we have found, we've sort of assigned them these code names. So uh, Quetzalcoatl is in Machu Picchu in Peru. Rio de Janeiro is where you get to see Behemoth escape from in the, in the exploits of this spring. Probably saw him on the news. He looks like a giant mastodon, like very big. Sekhmet, Not to be confused with the band. Not to be confused yeah. with the musical act. <laughs> yes. M Mastodon. Both great. Uh, in Cairo, in Egypt, we have Sekhmet. Output, outpost 66 in Russia has Amuluk. Methuselah escaped from his outpost. He was basically a gigantic mountain-sized beast in How Germany. Does he and then in Morocco, we have Baphomet. If anyone's familiar with these names, like these are legitimately, like historically demonic creatures that have been uh, written in history. Uh, Mokele Mkembe, sorry, Mokele Membe is from Sudan. Outpost 77 is where Abaddon is, and that's a Devil's Tower, yeah. <laughs> You know that's got to be a badass monster, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, one of the ones that I really want to go visit in Outpost 91, is not there anymore, of course, is uh, Titanus Yamato no Orochi, which is, uh, gets his name from the long, long historical uh, creature from Japanese mythology, Yamato no Orochi. And there's speculation that he might be related to King Ghidorah. It's a, it's a loose, loose connection. Loose connection. <laughs> Uh, and then there we go. Actually, uh, one of the ones that we couldn't find any record of, maybe it's another hidden base for us, is the Muto that appears 
at the end of that battle in Boston. No one really knows where he's supposed to be kept. Another space creature, perhaps. Perhaps. Is he any enemy, like King Ghidra? No. I don't know. This concludes our presentation of Release the Kaiju, or as I originally wanted to call it, Megafauna, Coexistence, and You. <laughs> Thank you very much. So how did you guys think the panel went? Great. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Jeff is the best of the panel. He wins the panel, for yeah, yeah. sure. We were talking about you, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. you were like... Yeah, for realsies. It was a total blast to do that panel i thought I yeah thought you like, first off thank you for being so prepared yes, i felt like you blew my preparation out of the water and as the Definitely guy who mine. The presentation together yeah. i mean i don't yeah. know i thought i prepared like i usually do for almost any panel but but Never. you like really <laughs> nailed it and you like had the character down perfectly i knew yeah. you were gonna nail that though i oh, knew that that, yeah. that, was that that was all jeff dean yeah. Yeah. written all over your character. Well, thank it was you. great. It was fun. It was, it it was, was really it fun was, to I, do that with you. I think yeah. everybody had a good time who was... Well, we had a decent amount of people there watching yeah. it, I thought. Yeah. 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 I think there was only like two people that walked out. But, you know, <laughs> and they were just yeah. trying to get to other panels faster. They, they, probably, exactly. they, they were probably just resting their legs. <laughs> yeah. Because I know, I know we were informative and entertaining that's right yeah that's all you need in a panel no at least we it started with you so they thought okay this is going to be a good panel (laughs) so these guys are real yeah that's right you set the tone well i I really enjoyed i actually really enjoyed the q a afterwards too like that was a lot of fun i was kind of like okay panel over no questions i think oh yes sir there's questions do you know Mecha King Ghidorah? <laughs> or, yeah, do you know who Mecha King Ghidorah is? Yeah, and it's funny, and you're like, like yes. yes. Is he your favorite? No. <laughs> that was good. I just wanted to know good. if you know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, honestly, I really am hoping that, uh, you know, even though the podcast is ending this year, I'm hoping Mikey will still allow Godzilla infusion into Rose City Comic Cons in the future. Yeah. I definitely... I love the con, and actually, I mean, you guys get to walk around a little bit on Saturday, yep. right? Yeah, Jeff and I got there early, so we got to walk in before the the like the nerd herd the came mass- in before the masses. <laughs> man, I've the brought- benefits of the pro badge. Oh right? man, I tell yeah. you what, we got to look at all the stuff, buy a few things, and, like relaxedly walk through stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I did not get there early and regretted it immediately <laughs> when they routed me through eight million lines that weren't filled with people. It was just like roped off areas that they pointed and made me go. Oh and I had gosh. to go back and forth across the convention center like three or four times just to get to registration to get my badge. So by oh that point, God. I was really mad and it takes a lot to get me mad. But when I've gone to like a million conventions in the last seven years I've lived here and have never had to experience that, man, I was really mad. So I went straight to the bar where I was meeting you guys for the record. It wasn't like <laughs> that the wasn't the plan. <laughs> for the but record, I was already two I didn't even in. say hello. Yeah. Yeah, we I went there, right up to the bar and was like, give me. to the bar at 10.30 yeah. a.m. <laughs> to, to prep for right. panel. Yeah. It's like, give me the biggest white Russian you can make me. <laughs> and then I got a very large white Russian. That's where I went wrong, you guys. And immediately started drinking it. And that was right before the panel. Yeah. 
I should have drank. I should have drank alcohol. Like that's, I had, I, you didn't. You did not have any alcohol. No, I was drinking Diet Coke. I oh, was I thought like, you had whiskey in that no, or something. No, no, oh. I was super no. like just drinking Diet I was, Coke. I got it. Went. I was worried about being in character <laughs> because Dr. all I Brooks, had was coffee. The only sober one on the panel. Yeah, Ta-da! it went right to my head, so I didn't even realize you weren't drinking with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just drinking Diet Coke. Like, I thought we were all drinking. <laughs> just like. <laughs> So Jeff, we were we were sort of chatting on the way to get food about the panel and how you know how we thought it went, and I was like, man, I I really enjoyed the content, the concept of the panel, and I I just think that I can, like, I see it even bigger and better, and I and like Rachel, don't even worry about the fact that you were drunk because I someone like I mentioned you broke character immediately or something. Oh yeah, you broke character yeah. immediately. <laughs> However, this that's not you. Your character, Doctor Rachel Cook is from Isla de Mora, and it is a party city, baby! That's right! Yeah! <laughs> it only makes sense, yes. right? And you don't Absolutely. Wanna, you, know, you don't want to play up into scientist stereotypes. Right. right. Oh, yeah. exactly. Scientists like to have yeah. fun, too. Yeah. yeah. Gretchen is pointing right. at herself. Wanna, you know, it's like, I was trying to be the frigid, like, I lived in Antarctica, I'm secretly a cultist, you know, that thing, like... <laughs> I was I Very was feeling serious, it. Intense it was supposed scientist. to be like an uh, like an outline. Boom, done. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, Doctor. I was like, I really, really should have prepared more. <laughs> I have scatterbrain notes, so I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> but anyway, I was yeah. I was totally you know pontificating yeah. about what could be you know if you even did this again. So oh, maybe totally. maybe. We can find a venue for this in the future. I really bet cool. so. And I would prepare more. Me I too. would. And I could you, you go more over the top with my character. I, I'm not asking anyone Maybe, to make you know amends what? More for anything. Oh, no. anything. No. You know what I should <laughs> have done? No. Because the badge. <laughs> this is not what I want. The monarch badge uh-huh. that you made for me yeah. is that picture with me. I should have worn my eye patch. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm surprised you didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I forgot my Rodan mask. Uh, did you actually in my get car? That? She brought it. Like, yeah, I bought it. It was from the dollar store. It was in my car the whole time. The dollar store has a dollar Rodan store. Mask. Okay, well, it's a well. It's not. I mean, it's a rubber like bird mask. You're gonna have to post the oh, picture. I mean, gonna, you have. I think I, I, I sent it? it to you in the I think message I've seen that in you our sent group that chat. To me late at night. Yeah, I sent that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like later in the evening. I I bought it that day. I just posted a picture of me with a giant bird beak mask, rubber mask thing. That I got at the Dollar Tree. Oh man! Yeah, Unlicensed which Brian wouldn't let me put on Margot. Yeah. yeah, your cat. Yeah, for the listeners. Right. <laughs> yeah, Brian said, "Don't put that on Margot." I was like, like "But you're asleep." I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I'm just gonna like hold it up to her face. How does Brian look with it on? So there? good, good. It actually looks. This like- <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> He put it on and he like, so the mouth you can like kind of open. It's like rubber flexible stuff. So he pulls the bottom part down, like opening the beak open, right? Like he's open to the mouth, but then he's got a beard, right? So it looks like he ate a hamster. (laughs) (laughs) It's very disturbing. That Shin Godzilla mask. Have you ever seen me put that on? On a big rubber thing? Yes. Because the whole, the inside of the mouth is where my eyes would be. Oh, I don't remember that. beard shoves out the bottom oh, of the that's mask. funny. 
<laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, the things you don't think about when people are wearing, you know, prosthetic masks and things like that <laughs> in movies is that oh, they'd have to shave their beard for sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, wear a green net, right? Green screen, <laughs> green screen over your beard. Yeah, yeah. Like they did with like, didn't they? Do like, I'm with, not like, gonna Superman? lose the beard, so. What? Oh no! They or oh, they, you know oh, what? You're in, talking about uh, in Superman. Bat- and, yeah, and yeah. Justice or you could just stuff, paint yeah. over your mustache with white paint. You know, like um, <laughs> what's his name in Batman sixty six? Um, oh, oh. Caesar Romero. Caesar yeah. Romero yeah. style. Yeah, don't lose the stash. Just yeah. <laughs> so tangents aside, uh-huh. did you guys find anything cool? Do anything cool? Yes. Aside from the panel at Rose City, Comic-Con? you know, I was surprised how much kaiju stuff there was it was really there was a, a lot, lot more, at yeah. the con that more than average years yes i would agree with that i think yeah sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i i think i even mentioned to keith that like if this year's con had been four years ago when i was buying a lot of stuff at conventions i would have been in big trouble because there was a lot of godzilla art there was a lot of product out there too yeah, that's I was going to say including I found this really cool Pigmon thing. Really? Yes, that it was like it was like um how would you describe it Gretchen? It's like it's like a little acrylic d- display a, yeah. yeah, acrylic like flat acrylic pieces with oh, yeah. Pigmon. And then Pigmon is holding like a stuffed animal version of Pigmon and then on the ground there's like three pieces. It's kind of like a little diorama, I guess you could say like on a flat little display piece and then there's like other layers to it have little more little stuffed animal pig bonds sounds like and we need to get a gallery really together for this. cute yeah. yes yeah i should i actually have keep forgetting to take a picture it's in on my table at home but um but yeah that is that was awesome and then i also found from that same artist um it a dada one i won yeah that. and i gave that to gretchen for her birthday yeah yeah nice so, so make sure to check the show notes, kids, for right. photos to all this good stuff. Yes. And Dada's like coloring and so and cute. Dada's co- coloring, is it he or she? You found that at the convention? Yes. yes. Coloring their own like clothing. You know how it's got the black and white stripes and it's like coloring in the light. They drew like, he's yeah. looking at like a picture of a Dada and he's drawing like, he draws like a, like a, almost like a, looks like a luchador mask on the back of one of the other Dada's. Oh, That's I can't cute. remember all the details. That's, and it was so Gretchen's good, though. birthday on Saturday. That's right. Yes. day of the actual panel. That's right. That so yeah. I hope it was a fun-filled birthday. Oh, well, yeah. Like my was, brother surprised me and I haven't seen him in a little while. So yeah. it was that was awesome. Packed. Yeah. It was an action-packed day. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> I got something really cool at the con, too, that. That uh, Kentucky Kaiju book. Um, I think oh, that guy's yeah. name is Justin 3000 or something. I'll send the picture to you, Mr. Kyle. Okay. But Kentucky Kaiju, that is a really fun book. It's like a a field guide to Kaiju that are named after cities and like their environments in Kentucky. Yeah, that's really awesome. Fun. There was like a great like mouse one in there that yeah. was super awesome. Yeah, I was flipping through it and it was really cool. It was a really cool book. And that yeah. guy was super stoked because he's a big fan of the show, which I was like nice. blown away by. Like, awesome. I was like, oh, that's awesome, dude. Justin Stewart. Justin, Justin Stewart. Stewart. Cool. Maybe his Instagram tag. It's Justin 3000. Is, uh, 3000. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's cool. Super yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, I ended up getting some prints from a guy named Jed Thomas. Yeah. And funny story, there's a, I think another dude 
Jeb or something, the dude who does the uh, classic Japanese ukiyo-e style. Oh, yeah. It's called ukiyo-e heroes. And uh, I actually ended up buying a Godzilla piece from him like a couple of weeks before the show. <laughs> and oh, wow. then didn't even realize, oh, he's going to be at Rose City Comic Con or his stuff is going to be at Rose City Comic Con. Yeah. Cool. I think his stuff is so popular, he sends it like agents to go to the shows That's for him. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I've bought, yeah, I got his Mario print last year. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I you love should that check one. out the Godzilla yeah. one when I'll you have to walk out it, yeah. the dough. It's right by the door on the Did way. you get the nice. Shiva pr- pin that he put out? No, no. Because we were starting to talk about how big some of those pins are getting. And physically, I, yeah, I don't like big pins. Physically, I don't like big pins. Not a, not a fan of the big pin. Yeah. Says mm-hmm. the guy who. Put put out the one inch like <laughs> footprint pen, yeah. That's oh, one honest. one inch, two inch pens. Those are great. Those are good. Yeah, those are good sizes. Mm-hmm. Not a yeah. fan of three plus four five inch pens. There was yeah. one no. this dude had that was like a medallion. I have one that's from Guts that's like that, but it's like I would I don't wear that very often because it it's like a solo. You can't yeah. be wearing anything else to detract mm. from it, kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I did yeah. notice that this year It'll weigh you down was <laughs> it seemed to be the enamel pin craze is like at its peak totally because hmm. this year it seemed like every other vendor someone had pins I did yeah. notice a lot of yeah. pins I did walk right past a lot of pins I didn't even really look at anything I'm sure there were lots of kaiju pins I just there were I'm a sort couple, of on pin hiatus no really like yeah, I didn't see super a original whole lot but. There was a lot of rebuys, you know, like um, must be like group, group distribution, distribution, yeah. distributions, like um, uh, like different companies that have put out similar pins. Oh, or okay, yeah. The, the, Reissues, mm, you yeah, mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. There was a lot of stuff that was like, looked like the same design, very similar designs. Yeah, hmm. sometimes I feel like, we don't need to go into that, but sometimes I feel like there are people who just like go, I like that idea, I'll just make that idea too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed this year, like in Artist Alley, um, a lot of vendors were selling pins of their smart in- instead of prints or stickers. A lot of them have branched out to pins now too, which is smart. I, I think it is smart yeah. for artists to expand their stuff because you know, think of Keith Foster of Kadoja. Shout out to Keith. Yay, Foster. Keith! Yeah. We got to see Keith. So Keith is a writer, so he sells his comics, but he doesn't just have his comics on the table. He also sells his music, and he sells prints, too. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. If they didn't have all of that stuff, I get, I think he'd get a lot less foot traffic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You need that hook. You need that visual hook. Yeah. And if you're like a shopper like me, like I literally need a visual hook because I don't want to get close enough for to a table for somebody to be like, hey, let me hook you over here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you mean like Godzilla <laughs> holding onigiri like that hook? <laughs> That's the visual Yay. hook. That's the visual hook I'm talking about. It G-Fest, works. That was like not for sale. The thing that people were like, what? And then they were like, oh, wait, there's all this other rad stuff. But we did have to put a sign that said little Godzilla is not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, honestly, the I could have sold stuff there at the show too, but the yeah. G-Fest experience was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, fun. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. But yeah, I had much more fun kind of just walking around the show. Also, only going down to the convention, the Rose City Comic Con, only one day. Uh, is very different than what I'm used to doing. I'm used to being there every single day. Because so. now it's basically mm-hmm. three It's days. a three-day show, yeah. 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 Long, hey, do you guys, long show. Did you go in to any panels? 
No, we, we tried. tried. <laughs> we tried to go oh, to one. Oh, that's right. But it was full, like completely oh. full. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stand right now. So yeah. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to Zach Davison on the absolutely packed panel. That was cool. No kidding. That's the standing rad. room panel. You went to a panel, though, didn't you, Rachel? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. I went to the Doctor Who panel. It was Chris Exelson and Billy Piper were here. It was Chris Exelson. Sorry, I can't say his name. His, uh, it was Eccleson. Anyway, we uh, don't need his to focus na- on it. That guy, the, Chris the e. ninth doctor. <laughs> the ninth doctor. The ninth doctor. His first U.S. con. Really? Yes. Yeah. And cool. he was incredible. If you guys get the chance, if you're a Doctor Who fan, to watch the footage, I bet it's online somewhere. And it was so good. So mind-blowingly Now, good. was that so two separate panels or um, all So it was one? all one panel, 85-minute panel. So it was a long oh, panel. Big panel. And uh, split in half. So the first half was Billy Piper. Second half was Chris Eccleston. Wow. I, I heard like people flew in from... Yeah, people flew other in from other states and stuff. Because he doesn't do cons. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. And it was so worth it. I mean, oh, man, they were great. Wow, that's so, really impressive. Yeah. That's I, really impressive. I heard yeah. the line was two miles long to get into the convention. I imagine that Tim Curry and Crystal Christopher Eccleston and Billy Piper are like big draws. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a, plus, the, I mean, we were at the Hollywood Theater, for, yeah. which I want to talk about a little bit later, but uh, at the Hollywood Theater, they have slides showing, right? And in the uh-huh. beginning of the slide, during the slides, they had a thing for Rose City Comic Con. And I had, I, unfortunately, I just hadn't really paid too much attention because mm. I've been so busy. And I was like, whoa, look at all the crazy guests they have. Tim Curry, the guest you're talking about, Christopher mm-hmm. Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic was there. Uh, Will Wheaton. Again, like seriously. So it was a really big lineup. I think a bunch of people from like the Netflix Marvel stuff were there too. Oh yeah, Kelly LeBrock was there and Anthony Michael Hall. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) and there was like three people from Princess Bride. Reunion stuff is. Oh yeah, the Princess Bride was a big one. So of course that line was that long. I could see why. I heard there was like eighty thousand people went to the door. I don't know if that was like. I think that was their customer headcount. Holy macaroni! I mean, it was. I have never, it was unreal. It was wow. so packed. Still, even like, even just if you chop that number in half. Yeah. Like, think about the amount of people that go to G Fest. That's like 3,000 people. Yeah. Like, that's just a ton of human beings in one space. Obviously, like, the Oregon well, yeah, Convention I mean, Center convention. is huge, though. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I've been really impressed with that convention. I'm not trying to butter them up for anything. Like, I've been going to Rose City Comic Con since it started. Mm-hmm. Same. The very first Same year was at like by Lloyd Center. At the yeah, Double at the Tree. Double Tree. Yeah. Double Tree. It, was it was so like really hot. hot and humid. Yeah. Really, yeah. Nerd sweat and Fritos hey, that man. smelled like in there. You got to run ketchup. through the gamut if you want to go big in this town. Yeah. You got to yeah. do the Double Tree if you're yeah. an indie con. That's true because like Kamori Con started off that way too. And I feel like there are probably a bunch center. of conventions like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're not around anymore anymore but Stumptown Comic Con or whatever. Oh, I used to go to that. That that was originally in the Double Tree and then they moved over to the Oregon Convention Center. Like seriously, it's uh for not you know, not for people who live here, obviously. Our convention center is nice. It's really cool. I'm hoping that that means it's affordable to to people like Rose City Comic Con. But damn, we have like that has really come together to be a world class convention. Mm Mm-hmm. Anybody else pick anything up at the show? Did we I already got that cool that? jacket. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so cute. Talk about it. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I don't remember the artist's name off the top of my head. I will get that information to you for people who are posted in the Kaiju Core. Yeah, I'll post in the Kaiju Core. Totally. Because you guys want to see my super kawaii jacket. Yeah, they do. (laughs) It's got like a fox and like a kitsune mask and like shrines and um, nine tail patches. It's really fun little like track jacket type thing. Yeah, it's badass. (laughs) So one of my favorite things about uh, being at the convention this time was the people watching. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, it's always because good. we sat at the bar for so oh, long. Oh yeah, it's funny we sat at the bar for like two and a half hours before our panel, and then for like two and a half hours at the end of the panel. Wasn't that <laughs> <great>? <laughs> so, <laughs> my whole time at the convention? <laughs> there was a little bit I of spent a break. Most of my money at the convention bar. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> spent most of my money at the convention bar. I, I hung out with Keith for about an hour, and then I walked around some, and then. Oh, I did find out the person who was who said, "Hey, Gretchen," and I couldn't figure out who it was. Oh, yeah, is this dude named Mark Mark Ginsburg? That was funny <laughs> because we were sitting at this this sort of like balcony kind of thing that looks over most of the entrance to the convention. Yeah, but it is also right next to the escalator, so there's like a five foot space where you could see somebody before they just disappear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was so many people. I was like, "Oh my god, is that back?" <laughs> oh, is John that Wicks? Yeah. <laughs> John Wicks disappearing. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, so that's like one of the best things is just people watching mm-hmm. because yeah. there's and so I've, much fantastic cosplay. Yeah. I've discovered that I don't keep up with modern, you name it. Um, and so <laughs> there was so much mystery. There was so many people that I'm like, what is what that? Are they? Yeah, totally, totally. I don't know what that is. And but it's fun. It's exciting. I love all the creativity and people really go all out on some of the cosplay. It's really impressive. Yeah. I think towards the end of the day, like when we were I guess when we were sort of leaving or when we were almost leaving, I just saw a bunch of people suiting up for the costume contest. Oh and it's nice. just like Wow, that is the time to be like leaving the convention like an hour before. Mm-hmm. I bet you could see it all. Yeah. Like all the people who are about to go into that big event room mm-hmm. and be judged for their costuming oh, skills. Oh man! Yeah, I saw like some dude in some sort of gigantic costume. It was like big, huge foam block armor. Hmm. It, like it looked like a very tiny person inside of a giant suit. <laughs> wow! Hit me. Yeah. So there's some good stuff. Good stuff at the convention this so year. So this year, yeah. I know you and I were trying to work this out. Oh, was yes. this our sixth panel at Rose City? So we did not have a panel the first year at Rose City Comic Con, and but everyone that since it's been at the convention center, we have right. Yes. Starting in two thousand thirteen, yes. it's got to have been yeah, because two thousand twelve yeah. was the first Rose City because it was the first yeah. year I moved here because it cool. was we've we've I'm had glad one, you knew that off the top of your head yeah because we've had one 13 14 15 16 17 18 this was seven yeah so our very first panel mm-hmm. was the kaiju of pacific rim yeah mm-hmm. and i mentioned this in the bar that basically i was just totally lame and didn't get mikey the description to the panel before it <laughs> like before it the uh the thing went to press the, before the program went to press and so that just said kaiju panel, and that's all it said. <laughs> I remembered this panel because I went to it, and it was uh, packed. It was like yeah. literally the room that we were in. Like I couldn't believe how many people were there. Like I, I don't know if I recorded that. I think I did, but it's just like I said the same thing. You guys here for the kaiju panel? And everybody was like, "Girl, yeah. 
That probably was our biggest crowd ever. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. That's right. But that was our first year. Mm-hmm. And the second year, I think that's when we did Godzilla versus everything. Yeah. Which and we were in a big room that year. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because I worked that back because I was like, well, that was 2015 because we had finished the documentary because the documentary was also shown in that same room that same year. That was 14. Godzilla versus everything. No. Because that was the year that Godzilla. The film came out, which was 2014. The first film. Because the 15 was the. But the um, documentary wasn't done in 2014. The documentary got finished in 2015. And then the Family Feud one was 2016, right? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Where's our historian? It's funny. I was was in the last three years. Yeah. Because we were. It's almost easier to go backwards, right? Yeah. so So this year was. This year, 2019, yeah. we did uh, Monarch. the Monarch Sciences. The previous year... Monarch. No. no. Oh, the films that never got made. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To how, the max. How Godzilla got his yeah. groove back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the previous, the year previous to that was the... Uh, it was called... Uh, we were doing the legendary it was That's about a legendary, the legendary one? Monster yeah, that was the one was I was like, like I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I think that was just you and I, Jeff. Which is funny now because you're now you're in. That was I you, know, me and Kyle. you know. But I understand. I and completely understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's so the one. that was uh, now you're making me lose count. So we're <laughs> at th- this one. So that was uh, unpacking or yeah. something. The legendary monster verse, and then the previous one was. Uh, movies like you basically never heard of, or oh, like, yeah, that's for, right. yeah. for, they weren't for hi- hardcore kaiju yeah. fans, it was yeah, more yeah. for like the casual Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. The one before that, though, that might have been the game show, yeah. <laughs> Family Feud. My idea, okay. And then the before and that, was <laughs> that was that was Godzilla versus everything, I think. Yeah. I do remember Kaiju the panel Pacific where you Rim. did the... So that's seven years. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Is that right? That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. How many years has the show been going on? Ro- what do you mean? Rose City? Rose City? You said 12, Since it started in 2012. Eight. Yeah. Okay. So we started the very first year they moved to the convention, convention center, center, which yeah. is 2013. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah. What a legacy. A legacy oh, yeah. of panels. <laughs> Remind Mikey that next year. Hey, we've been here since the beginning. <laughs> I don't think... I think it's really cool. He's just usually very... Very excited about the Godzilla panels, so That's I hope great. it still is. Like, we've got a good if, amount of people that show up. Actually, I would even say that because giant monsters have become even more present in the forefront of, yeah. um, you know, American and Western pop culture, totally, that it makes even more sense to have us do. Well, a yeah, panel and every with, year. and I mean, next year, I mean, with Kong. Right. My God, we've got to do a Kong panel. Yeah, man. We'll do something. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do something. I'm just saying, whatever panel you do, I'm going to talk about Kong. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's all I'm saying. One of the ideas was to (laughs) extend this this monarch one into later on for Kong. And then Rachel would, of course, talk about Kong. Yes. Yeah, well, we could all talk about Kong. Talk about Kong. I mean, talk about baby Kong. Kong Skull Island is probably a fun place to have drinks. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) what do do they drink at Skull Island? Uh, Yeah, I don't know, but let's go. Because yeah, Outpost Thirty Three is is definitely right. That's right. I mean, I definitely would drink at Skull Island and party with all of the natives for sure. You'll get a transfer. They're definitely partiers. 
I mean, they light bonfires. I don't feel like they're big drinkers. I think those those natives, those those, uh, Aboriginal people, of the pipe. I think they might be a little more into the (laughs) the edibles. (laughs) Yeah, edibles. Edibles might be accurate. Uh, Smoky of the pipe. They were just really calm in that movie. Very serene. Found some wonderful. They like chanting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, so. We're, we've mean, got a we've got a plan in no, place for right, 2020. You heard it. I'm already first. planning my face paint. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh no! No, no. Gretchen will not allow that. I you know that. I'll wear my Rodan mask and be confused. Perfect. <laughs> Actually, the only if you're live, you if you do face paint, just have to like yeah. zinc oxide your nose. <laughs> <laughs> like is that sunscreen? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you zinc oxide? Oh god! All right. Yeah. They also had a listener party. <laughs> I know the listener party was uh, very mild and not off the chain. It was we were, we were finished by nine p.m. <laughs> yeah, we were. Oh yeah, we were early birds. It's good though. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, we weren't finished by 9 p.m. really. But it was the, a little bit later than that. <laughs> I mean, 9.30. We're, we're <laughs> getting <laughs> older. Come on. I mean. Home by 10. Let's, I mean, uh, <laughs> we all have goals. So they were, yeah. we're adults here. Yeah. I mean, in a way, we started the listener party at 4.30. At right. I was going to say, like, 10.30. Actually, mine was about 11. part of the yeah. thing of why by 8.30 p.m. Yeah, we were like. Everyone's like, oh. Boy, <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, Especially I'm once you it. get a burger yeah. in you, then you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Then you yeah. Start so the listener party was a killer burger once again. And yep. was this the? F- I think this was the fifth one because we didn't have it the first year or two that we were doing panels. But I think we've had right. at least five. Yeah, because I think it was somebody. I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, "Are you going to have a listener party in Portland?" And I was like. Why haven't we done a listener party in Portland yet? Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just every year we, we do it at Killer Burger. Mm-hmm. The Saturday night. And Martin showed up, which was nice to see. Martin showed <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, Martin was there. It was mostly Kaiju Cats co-hosts. And, yeah, uh, it was just, like a gathering a of co-hosts. few listeners. It was yes. pretty rad, though. I mean, I, I love those listeners, and uh, I love my co-hosts. So it was good. Good food, good beer, mm-hmm. good chat. Connor had that yeah. rad book he got in Vegas. Oh, that's true. That's that was true. pretty cool. He promised me that he had left me once, and when I go to Vegas in January, but <laughs> <laughs> I could find that it. That book was really nice. awesome. It had it like cool. the cutaways of the kaiju, where it looked, oh. you can see their guts and stuff. Oh, I love that style of All art. sorts of that information cool. in that. It was like a really impressively good score. If nice. only I could read Japanese, I could, yeah. you know, mm, would be able to actually yeah. translate all of it for you right now, but that's I right. can't. And so I won't. <laughs> Google like translate doesn't like um, Japanese. It's written up and down. That's true. It only oh. likes the Japanese. It's written. It goes. Like, it freaks out on my phone yeah. at least. But yeah, uh, it was cool seeing those guys. It was always cool seeing Mr. Keith Foster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Always cool seeing you, crazy cats. Mm-hmm. Once again, we'll have to we'll have to level up the listener party next year somehow. Give away free. Sh- <laughs> Gun put a Godzilla roar right there. Yep. 
<laughs> Rachel's like, it's the end of this stuff. Let's just All let right. it go. Yeah. You don't need any of this in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 no more episodes means no more X plus needed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting rid of it just all. for the you know, podcast. I had so many people like, well, I guess I had not a ton of people, but I had a handful of people actually think that that quitting the podcast meant I was just going to be out of the Godzilla thing. That's uh, weird. I know, Why right? Would, that is you obviously love this. Why would you? Have you seen the arms it's like I have? Weird. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting laser tattoo removal. Right? Yeah. yeah. The day after I do the my Next hobby. Right, yeah. What's next? What's I thought next this for Godzilla, Kyle? I thought this Godzilla thing would be a moneymaker, but woo, what a pit. I, I think you should Time to move on to the next big thing. <laughs> Hello Kitty. 200,000 in the hole. <laughs> Hello Kitty Podcast and Hello Kitty Collective. Here Kyle comes. Okay, so yeah. one of the things that I didn't do in the panel was I considered saying that the four of us, even though we are from different bases, all co-host on a panel on a podcast, an internal mod an internally accessible from the network inside of Monarch a podcast <laughs> called Titan Talk. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you should uh, put, okay, we put write that, that down. That's going to be for next year. I, I just did. For I just sure. did. Yeah. Titan talk. Yeah. Well, that's funny. I didn't think I like that that it. would get such a good response yeah. from you that's, that's, that's the title of next year's panel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Titan talk. Titan talk. Oh, my God. We could actually, actually pretend that we are podcasting, oh, but so still... Our doctor names. Yes. Oh, this yes. is terrible. I'm not going to remember any of this. Uh, it's a good thing you're recording. Yeah, it's a good thing. You have to remember. Yeah. To somebody to remind this. me in February to yeah. listen to this again. Okay. Listeners, write that down. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, good times. Good times. Uh, I just really briefly wanted to mention what happened at the Hollywood Theater a couple of weeks ago because at the end of August, wow. Okay. Yes. At the end of August, they showed four. Godzilla movies, yeah. God, Destroy All Monsters, Godzilla vs. Gigan, Godzilla vs. Megalon, and yeah. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And it was really great. Mm-hmm. It was so fun, not just to see the movies, but I was uh, lucky enough to get to host, the it, do an intro, I guess I should say, for each of the films. That was super fun. Not to mention, uh, I had some stuff on display and a little display case and some posters up, and I was just so happy with the reception. So yeah. happy with, I mean, they sold out every show except for Megalon. I was going to say, didn't it all sell out? Yeah, I thought the whole thing sold out. The, no, Megalon didn't, but there oh. were only like eight seats left or something. Like oh, okay. That. So, and that was like a Saturday matinee, 2 PM. Ah, so yeah. it was super fun to, to experience. And, uh, the good news is Dan from the Hollywood theater Wants to do some more stuff, more yeah. stuff in Portland. Excellent. Oh this yes, is good. Yeah, uh, you all went, and yeah. thank you guys for coming out and supporting that as well. It was, it was oh a, yeah, I mean, it was wonderful, especially because, I mean, the audiences were completely enthused, Super into it. Mm-hmm. and they just were into it. Yeah, and that's what you want. I mean, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so it was fantastic, and your display that you had in the lobby was was great. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, that much. was really cool. It was limiting. It was very limiting. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> how <laughs> tall is the? Yeah. How tall is that glass case?" And Dan's like, eight inches on the inside." I was like, "No problem." Grabbed my ruler and I started moving around the the studio here. 
looking for stuff that I could take. And I'm like, <laughs> under eight I inches. got a lot of figures that are over eight inches tall. <laughs> so I found some, thank goodness. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. And it was, you know, it was really fun is seeing all the kids there because yes. there were tons of kids who came out with their parents. Oh, yeah. Like real, just seeing everybody. I wish my it. mom had done that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, mom would take me to Godzilla film. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, so many people came out, and it was good seeing some of the listeners from Portland come out too. Clancy was there. Yeah, yeah, it was good times. Good times. Uh, anyway, uh, hopefully we'll have some more news to share about that in the future. Let's just uh, close out this show. Thank you so much for listening. If you were there at the panel, thank you for coming to what did I call it? Uh, Titan Talk. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the the original title in my in my presentation was Titan Coexistence and You. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think the audience was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a little. I it, it was good. a little cerebral. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but we will uh, close out this episode and I think what we'll do is we'll play Mothra versus We Are Scientists very apt for this particular episode and we will see you for the next one Jamata